Well, hello and welcome to the CSF June monthly podcast. This month, three papers have been uploaded to the CSF website, and today I'm going to be highlighting two of these. Now, the first paper is one that follows from a paper we uploaded last month from Professor Vibhiki Strand. Uh, this month, we're highlighting her second postdoc analysis of oral start and oral scan, which analyzed long-term radiographic and patient-reported outcomes from these studies. Now, quick bit of background for you. Um, these were patients with rheumatoid arthritis. We know that early intervention with DMARDs in people with rheumatoid generally leads to reduction in the progression of structural damage. And previous studies have demonstrated that tofacitinib, which can be given at five or 10 milligrams BID as a monotherapy or in combination with conventional synthetic DMARDs is an efficacious and safe approach to the management of disease. Now, this is a post-hoc analysis that looked at data from oral start and oral scan to examine the efficacy of tofacitinib on long-term radiographic and HAC disability index scores. The analyses focus on the relationship between disease activity at month six and longer term outcomes. So once you're into therapy, how do things go as time passes? Now, just a quick recollection, oral start was tofacitinib monotherapy in patients who were methotrexate naive. Oral scan was a tofa combination study in patients who were inadequate responders to methotrexate and who'd received stable background methotrexate. Now, the endpoints in this particular study include CDI, DAS28 ESR, DAS28 CRP, Disease activity was defined into thresholds, uh, remission, low disease, moderate disease and high disease activity respectively. Radiographic progression was defined as baseline changes in the MTSSS. Uh, radiographic non-progression was defined as less than or equal to zero change from baseline in the SHARP score. Physical function was measured as HAC disability index scores and a normative HAC DI score was defined as less than 0.5. So key results uh, that are in this paper, at month six, more patients in oral start receiving TOFA achieved CDI remission or low disease activity compared with methotrexate. The number of patients achieving CDI remission or low disease activity in oral start was generally higher than in oral scan. These, remember, are people with earlier uh, disease. They're, they have shorter disease duration, so that's pretty typical. Tofacitinib treatment was associated with lower levels of disease activity compared with methotrexate. And at two years, the mean change in SHARP score was smaller for patients receiving tofacitinib in CDI remission at six months compared with patients in CDI defined as moderate or high disease activity at six months. So some sense that by six months, you've got a clue as to what might happen in future. Patients receiving tofacitinib monotherapy who were in a CDI moderate or high disease activity state at six months were more likely to show no radiographic progression at two years compared with patients receiving methotrexate. So there's still a disease drug effect ongoing. And patients given tofacitinib with DAS28 CRP less than 2.6 at six months reported fewer normative HAC-DI scores compared with patients in CDI remission with DAS28 CRP less than 1.9. And more patients receiving tofacitinib who achieved CDI remission or low disease activity at six months reported greater improvements in HAC-DI at two years compared with patients in the higher disease activity states. So key implications here, well, patient disease state at six months looks as if it's an indicator that might be useful when we're thinking about long-term disease progression inhibition and improvements in physical function. 
and there's some evidence that tofacitinib therapy reduces structural damage in patients across disease states when compared with methotrexate. Now, the second paper I'd like to highlight is a report on the effect of baricitinib on radiographic progression of structural joint damage at one year. Again, people with rheumatoid arthritis, this time who were inadequate responders to conventional synthetic DMARDs. First author here is uh, Professor Desiree van der Heide from Leiden. Uh, the backgrounds, again, as we've just discussed, DMARDs have as one of their key purposes the desire to inhibit structural joint damage. Uh, and in the 24-week RA build study, baricitinib was shown to significantly reduce radiographic progression of joint damage. Patients had active RA in this trial and were inadequate responders to conventional synthetic DMARDs. The study reported long-term radiographic progression of patients who completed RA build and enrolled in the long-term extension RA beyond. Now, a quick recollection in RA build, patients were randomized to placebo or baricitinib at two or four milligrams and stratified by region and presence of joint erosions. Once completed, patients could enroll in RA beyond a two-year phase three long-term extension study. The patients who enrolled in RA Beyond continue to receive the baricitinib dose they received at the end of RA build. Placebo patients who were not rescued were switched to baricitinib four milligrams on entry to RA Beyond. Now, radiographs were taken at baseline week 24 and week 48 and scored by two primary readers with a mean record calculated. Baseline radiographs were the initial radiographs taken at the RA build baseline, just so that you get the studies in your mind. And radiographic progression was determined by the change from baseline in van der Heide sharp score in bone erosion and in joint space narrowing. And the thresholds were used to determine progression versus non-progression. If the patient had rescued or had an early termination visit, radiographs were obtained if the most recent radiographs were more than 12 weeks earlier. And these patients were classed as non-responders. It's a fairly standard imputation approach. And the occurrence and severity of all adverse events were recorded. So what are the key results? Well, of the 611 patients who completed RA build, 583 enrolled into RA Beyond. At week 24, for patients receiving baricitinib, the progression of structural damage, joint space narrowing and, and bone erosion was inhibited. At week 48, similar results were observed as those seen at week 24. However, only the four milligram dose of baricitinib demonstrated significantly less radiographic progression. Now for patients given baricitinib, numerically larger proportions of patients had no sharp score progression when compared with placebo. And during weeks zero through 24, the rate of adverse events, treatment, emergent adverse events and discontinuations were similar across the treatment groups. And from week zero to 48, the most treatment, emergent adverse events and serious adverse events were reported in patients receiving the higher baricitinib dose. And the implications here, well, both baricitinib doses were associated with reductions in the rate of structural progression. Baricitinib 4 milligrams presented more consistent reductions in structural progression than baricitinib 2, but these are as observed data uh, in terms of the, the, the strength of the analysis, so one should be cautious in over-interpreting that. And the responses observed at 24 weeks for patients given paracitinib were maintained through one year. I think it's important that we look at further radiographic data to determine the longer term treatment effects associated with baricitinib and to really understand the differences and similarities between the two dose groups. 
And final remark, the, the last paper we uploaded to the CSF website this month is a paper analyzing how patient characteristics influence biologic treatment choice in people with rheumatoid arthritis. Uh, the first author here, Thomas Frizzell from the Clinical Epidemiology Unit in the Karolinska in Sweden. Now don't forget that everything we've discussed in the podcast is available in more detailed format, slides and abstracts on the publication section of the cytokinesignaling.com website. And please also subscribe to our podcast channel and let us know what you think by reviewing the podcast. Thanks ever so much for your attention and I do hope you've found this helpful in your clinical practice.